and welcome to A Path to Redemption, the podcast. My name is Daniel Arona, and just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. I hope that you've had a great week. I hope that you've had time to spend with the Lord in prayer and also in his scripture. And I hope that you've had a chance to go back and listen to some of the, the other episodes here in season two, as we're continuing to build upon the thought of what iniquity means, how our iniquity needs to be dealt with, how our flesh needs to be dealt with according to the cross of Jesus Christ. And we're going to continue on that theme as we kind of talk about the div- what the cross represents and what the cross should bring out in us and what it means to be that new creature. But before we get started, just remember a couple of housekeeping items here. The first one is that all of our scripture comes from the New King James Version of the Bible. Again, if you need a copy of a New King James Version, just feel free to shoot me an email at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com. And then again, As usual, don't just take my word for it. Study to show yourself approved unto God. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And really focus on what God has for you and where you're at. But if you do need help, I am here to help. Just give me a drop me a note at Path to Redemption Ohio at gmail.com. Okay, so again, tonight we're going to continue on this concept. We've talked about how our flesh is our own worst enemy, how it, the, what the root of iniquity is. We've talked about what it means to be crucified with Christ, what it means to be buried in baptism and resurrected into the newness of him. But what does it really mean? What does that newness look like? And what is it supposed to look like? So we're going to talk about the four points of the cross and the work of the cross and how each of these four points are to be brought out in us. So our main scripture is going to come from Romans chapter 6 and starting at verse 1. Here, Paul says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So we have to understand here again that the work of the cross must be done in us. Remember that it was Jesus that told the disciples that if any man is going to follow him, let him deny himself and take up his cross, basically meaning throw yourself to Jesus Christ, allow Christ to to take you and to be crucified with Christ so that the flesh can die. We've talked at length about what that means, and but what does it mean to be resurrected into the newness of Christ? And what does that actually mean and what does that actually entail? So if you look at the cross of Jesus Christ, you see that there's four points on it. You have the one where the, the nails went into his feet and that, that nailed him there. You have the two that went into his wrists that nailed him there. And then you have where the head was, which where the crown of thorns was and the sign that 
hung over him that said, King of the Jews. Now, there are four points of this cross, and therefore there are four things that need to work in us after we have been crucified with Christ. And in all of these things, they are love, faith, truth, and grace. And we're going to take a look at each one of these and how we are supposed to be, as we we are crucified with Christ, how each one should abound more in us. So we're going to start in John chapter 10, we're going to start looking at love, and we're going to look at John chapter 10, verses 7 through 11. And it says, Then Jesus said unto them, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they have may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Now we understand here that Jesus Christ willingly laid down his life for us so that we may be reconciled back to the Father. Here's what else he had to say in the chapter before that. In John 15, 11 through 16, he says, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. So we see here that Jesus says, Greater love has no man than to lay down his life for his friends. So as our flesh become, gets crucified, when our desires, our wants, and our needs become crucified, what we begin to see here is we begin to take on that figure of of Christ. Basically meaning this, that we no longer look at ourselves, we no longer look at the things that we perceive that we need, we no longer look introspectively, but we but we look outwardly. Okay, we look out and we see our brothers and sisters and we see other people in the way that Christ has shown us. Don't forget that love covers a whole multitude of sins. Rather, we don't see their sin, we don't see who they are, we don't see their struggles, but rather we see them as a child, as a potential child of God, as a as someone who has been born and created in the image of Christ, and ultimately someone who needs a Savior and needs a salvation. So we see then that the love begins to permeate more more from us than more more towards ourselves, right? And that's what was so great about Christ, that Christ was selfless to the very end. He never once took care of what was happening with him, but rather knew that all his needs were going to be met. If he needed to eat, he knew there was going to be food. I mean, when he needed to pay his taxes, he went down to a fish, and he got gold out of a fish in order to pay his taxes. Now, we understand all of that, right? But as we begin to see our flesh crucified, we no longer look at ourselves, but we can display that same type of love that Jesus Christ had for us in willingly going to the cross and getting down in the gutter with the disciples. And we do the same exact thing, right? We begin to pour ourselves out into other people and to help other people and to help other people come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ that we have all out of love. Why? Because we're no longer concerned about our own selves. A dead man 
doesn't care about what happens to him. Why? Because he's dead. If we have been reckoned dead to the cross of Jesus Christ, then we no longer see the concept of self, and yet the love of Christ can then permeate from us so that it can actually make a change in this world and make change in people that are walking around in this world and in our own lives. So, But what has to happen, though, is that the flesh has to be crucified so that we are no longer blinded by our own pride, no longer blinded by our own aspects of self, but rather can see others and see their needs. Amen. So when we are crucified with Christ, when the flesh dies, when the desires of self die, we can then love others in a way that Christ loves others. Amen. See, that's the work of the cross. That's the first work of the cross. Okay. The second work of the cross comes in the form of faith. The cross obviously being the symbol of the work of Jesus Christ. Our faith is established as as God, as frankly, as our flesh is then crucified. We know from John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. We know that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, that we shall be saved, right? But after that, though, and our cru- cross or our flesh is crucified to the cross of Jesus Christ, what do we see then? Hebrews chapter 10, starting at verse 19, says this, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with the true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Amen. So what is Paul saying there in the book of Hebrews? Ultimately, what he's saying is that, look, we know after being crucified with Christ that no matter what happens in our lives, we can stand steadfast. We can stand unwavering because we have a trust and a belief that Jesus Christ and the Father and the Holy Spirit have what is best for us in mind. We can actually stand upon the word that all things work together for good for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And we can stand there in in faith and in the promise that God has, has given us because the promises of God are yea and amen to the believer. So understanding that, though, your flesh has to be crucified because the crucifixion of your flesh causes the crucifixion of doubt, of unbelief, of of a feeling that you're being left out by God or that God is passing you up in certain areas, but rather we can sit back in patience and in faith and patience, wait. The scripture says that Christ learned patience through the things that he suffered. We do the exact same thing and patience goes along with faith. We learn all that by being crucified with Christ and being raised up into the newness, into the measure and the stature of who he is. The ultimate thing is that Jesus Christ never doubted his father while he was on this earth. Even to this day, Jesus Christ does not doubt the Father. So we should not doubt the Father, but yet we have to be crucified in those aspects so we can push on from faith to faith. Romans chapter 1 
And starting at verse 13 says this, Now I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. I oftentimes like to say from faith to faith is going from one mountain to another, and that there's a big old valley in between, and that your faith is built in that valley, right? But that valley or that trial that we've kind of talked about is where God begins to crucify you and your flesh begins to die, so that once you come through it on the other end, you are at a different level of faith. You are in a bigger level of faith to where you cannot doubt Jesus Christ in that area. You cannot doubt the Father in that area. And then you'll go right back into the valley in a different area of your life. But the cross of Jesus Christ has to bring out the love of Jesus Christ in you. And it has to bring out the faith of Jesus Christ in you so that we can believe for big things and that we can see the greater works than these that we will do that Jesus said that that we would end up doing. Amen. So understanding that the love is one point. Faith is another point. The third point here is the truth. Now, we know from John chapter 1 and and verse 15 through 18 that Jesus Christ is the, the truth. We know that grace and truth came from Jesus Christ. But what does it mean when we start talking about truth being put inside of us and being into the level of truth that Jesus Christ is? Let's look at John chapter 17, starting at verse 14. And the scripture says, I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of this world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, also I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be as one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, and that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. So understanding this, right, that Jesus Christ wants us to be sanctified in the truth, set apart in the truth that is in Jesus Christ. As our flesh is crucified, we no longer have any type of tolerance for anything that is untrue and is not of the true work of Jesus Christ. Why? Because even even as we would have lied before, and even as we would have done a whole manner of evil before, all of that begins to change and we begin to love the truth and we then begin to have a seek and a change in us that has a hunger and a thirst for the things of righteousness. Now, going back to one more chapter, to John chapter 16, this is what, what Jesus said in verse 12. He says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. 
All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. A little while and you will not see me. And again, a little while and you will see me because I go to the Father. Now, understanding all of that, what is Jesus saying here? He's saying, look, the spirit of truth is going to come after you. After he goes up to to heaven, the Holy Spirit is going to come down, which is the spirit of truth, so that we may be led in the spirit of truth. Don't forget that the worshipers of God must worship him in spirit and in truth. So understanding that, we have a desire to follow God more clearly, to follow his truth more clearly, as our pride and our hurts and the things that we had get nailed to that tree, we can hear the voice of the Lord more clearly, we can see the truth more clearly, and we We can follow the leading of the Spirit in the way that we need to. But all of this is part of the work of the cross. Now, the final point here in the cross is grace. Understanding that we are not under the law and that we are under grace through his death, Galatians chapter 2, verse 21 says this. Actually, we're going to go back to verse 17. It says, But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For if I build again those things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, died to the law that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. We understand that we have have grace now. Okay, We have an understanding that we do not frustrate the grace of God, but rather we accept the grace of God and that we are sinners and that we have been awful and the work of the cross is what is taking care of all of my flesh, that we can begin to walk in a newness, walk in a different relationship, a closer relationship, and begin to bear fruit. Amen. Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 22, says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So understanding that, that if we've been crucified with Christ, we can then see the fullness of the fruit of the Spirit then come out of us, see the nine fruits come out, and additional power that goes with that. But here's the other thing too, is that not only do we begin to bear that fruit, all of that fruit, by the way, in grace, but we also begin to show grace to other people. Jesus talks about this in the parable of the unforgiving servant. In Matthew chapter 18, verses uh, 22 through 35, Jesus said said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. 
So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Understanding that the grace of God has been given to us, we then show the grace of God towards others, forgiving them of their faults, forgiving them of their sins that they have done to us, and moving past all that so they can see the love of Jesus Christ. So understanding that the work of the cross is not just of redemption, but it's the what is done to resolve the flesh issue in us. Because our flesh is at enmity against God. Our flesh will always be at enmity against God. That is why the solution is to be crucified with Christ. But being crucified with Christ brings out the newness of love in us, brings out the newness of faith in us, brings out the newness of truth in us, and brings out the newness of grace in us so that we can fully live into the love, faith, truth, and grace of Jesus Christ. Let's not forget what it says in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 17. It says, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. To be made perfect in love is to be crucified with Christ. To be crucified with Christ is to be made how he is in this world. Amen. Because so are we in this world as as he is now, as the glorified Christ, because ultimately the crucifixion of our flesh, along with the flesh of Jesus Christ, allows us to drink of the cup that Jesus drank of when he was going to the cross, which he told his disciples, you will surely have to drink of this cup. We will have to too. So understanding that so that we can be crucified with him, buried in baptism, and resurrected into the newness of the cross. Amen. Let us not build again the foundations, but let's move past it, carrying it inside of us, understanding that as we are reborn and as we are born again and resurrected in the areas of our lives, we see the fullness of love, we see the fullness of faith, we see the fullness of truth, and we see the fullness of grace working in us. That is what it means to be a new creature in Christ. Amen. Because Old things have passed away. The things that you were are all gone. And behold, all things have become new. And all things are new inside of Jesus Christ. You want to be in Christ? You have to see your flesh crucified. Look, you cannot do this yourself. You can't control your flesh. You can't control your tongue. You can't control any of that stuff. The only way for it to work is for it to be nailed to that tree, buried outside in baptism, and resurrected again, and made into the image of what God has for us. Amen. Look, not an easy lesson, but understanding that there are benefits here to laying ourselves on the altar and giving ourselves over to Jesus Christ and allowing him to do his perfect work in us. 
Okay? Reckon yourself dead to the cross of Jesus Christ. Allow the cross to do its work, which is to bring out the love, faith, truth, and grace in us as a picture of Jesus Christ. Because again, remember, for as he is, so are we in this world. Those of us that have been perfected in love. Amen? Look, I hope you got something out of it. We covered a lot there very, very quickly. If you have any questions, drop me an email at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com. I am here to help you. I, I want to help you. There's a lot more into this topic that we're going to kind of get into. But next week, we're going to talk about what it means to be in Christ and resurrected in Christ, um, which is going to kind of take us into another direction here as well. Look, I hope you're growing. I really do. That's the whole point of this is to grow up into the measure and the stature of Jesus Christ into who he is and into what he wants for us. The song of the week this week comes from Jars of Clay. We are going back to their self-titled album, Jars of Clay. Um, and we're going to go to Worlds Apart. This is a great song. I absolutely love the very ending of it. wherein It fits right along in with what we're talking about. He's, he, in it, he sings, you know, take my world and all of it now. Let me serve the ones that I despise. Take the words I can't deny. Watch the world I used to love, you know, fall away from us. And that's what it means to really be crucified with Christ, to understand, to basically allow our world to pass away and allow the newness of Christ in his world take its place. Amen. So again, Worlds Apart by Jars of Clay, that is on their self-titled album, Jars of Clay. I hope you enjoy it. Look, these are tough lessons. These are tough messages, but you have to understand that in everything that you go through, every trial, every tribulation, every time something goes wrong, there is a purpose and a reason behind it. And understanding that when we understand what the reason and purpose that God has is, then we can move forward in him. But you have to continue to move forward. You cannot stop and become stagnant. Okay, But you have to allow the work of the cross to do its work in you and to change you into who you need to be. Amen. Look, again, I hope you're getting something out of this. If you have any questions, feel free to drop me an email at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com. But until next time, just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. God bless. <laughs>